You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Penn State is officially bowl eligible with a record of 0-0. I'll explain how in today's episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, contributor to AthlonSports.com. Today is Thursday, October 15th, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And we have a lot of stuff to get into in today's episode. I wasn't really sure exactly where today's content was going to go, but there was some breaking news, certainly out of the SEC, as the Big Ten is a week away from getting its season started. So we'll have to talk about some of the headlines coming out of the SEC see over the last 24 hours, but I also want to talk to you about how the NCAA has made a good decision. Yes, a good decision. It's not very often we get a chance to say that, but we are going to break down all the latest news from the NCAA. And of course, we are going to continue with our series with five questions about Penn State football in 2020. I'm just curious, is this team good enough to beat Ohio State? That's the big question on my mind today. We'll get into that in today's episode. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast in all of your favorite podcasting apps. So whatever you're using to listen to us right now, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It'll really help us out with growth on placement on the various podcasting platforms. But what will help even more is a rating and a review. So when this episode is over, go back and leave a rating and review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. You can also reach out to us on all of our social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, using the username LockedOnNittany. Now, we've got a lot of stuff to get into in today's episode, so let's go ahead and get started. I'll be perfectly honest. When I came home from work on Wednesday afternoon and started to think about how I was going to put together today's episode of the podcast... I was a little short on some topics that I wanted to discuss in podcast form. I knew that I was going to talk about my latest question about Penn State going into the 2020 season. Fortunately, or I guess unfortunately, I should say, we got some news out of the SEC. It was a busy day in the SEC as far as headlines were concerned related to COVID-19. It looked as though the biggest story of the day was going to be the fact that Florida and LSU have had to postpone their game that was scheduled for this coming weekend. This is the second SEC game this week that has that has been rescheduled. The other one was uh, Vanderbilt, Missouri. And now we've got Florida following a number of positive tests within the football program, or maybe it's the athletics department. I think it was a football program. Uh, a number of positive tests forcing Florida to shut down their football practices just days after head coach Dan Mullen in a post-game press conference comment, said that he wanted to see uh, the swamp as packed as possible, given the fact that you know, Florida can now have full stadium capacities by order of the governor. Dan Mullen, having lost to a Texas A&M team in front of a 25% capacity crowd of the 12th man, felt as though maybe he needs his stadium to be that home field advantage the way that it is accustomed to with LSU coming in this weekend. Well, that game's not going to be taking place this weekend. They Fortunately, the SEC built out their schedule with some built-in bye weeks, so they're able to adjust a little bit on the fly when issues like this do arise. Now, that was going to be the big story out of the SEC, and I was going to mention that because, again, we are one week away from seeing the Big Ten try to put together an eight-game conference schedule, and I still am a little reluctant to say that it's going to go off without a hitch. <laughs> I think every conference now that has played football has had to adjust the schedule to some degree, moving some games, canceling games, 
uh, teams having to schedule other games uh, on the fly. Uh, every conference has had to deal with some sort of scheduling nightmare related to these COVID-19 developments. And the Big Ten, I don't think, is going to be any exception. I just don't know what they're going to do. Now, obviously, they do have that Big Ten championship weekend. However, I don't know how important that's going to be in the grand scheme of things. The big story actually came later as I got ready to record the podcast in the evening with the news that Alabama head coach Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID-19. Also, Alabama Athletics Director Greg Byrne also tested positive. They both released statements that as soon as they found out that they had tested positive with their morning test, they're, they're doing daily tests at Alabama. As soon as they found out that they had tested positive, they left immediately, went home, went into isolation. They're taking care of all the protocols that they have to follow. Uh, obviously, what this means for Alabama is Nick Saban is going to be out of the football program for a period of time. I, I don't know exactly what the rule is. I think it's 14 days, I guess. But uh, if he has a, a positive or I'm sorry, a negative test, maybe it speeds up. I, I honestly don't know. But I do know. He's not going to be coaching this weekend. And Alabama's got the biggest game of the college football season to date coming up next weekend or this weekend when they are playing the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> it's the game of the week. It's prime time on CBS. Oh, no, I'm sorry, ABC. It is the game of the week in college football. And you're not going to have the coach of a generation in Nick Saban on the sidelines. So this is going to be another uh, testament to the fact that this is a very difficult process for any team to go in. As far as I can tell, Alabama has done a really fantastic job, Nick Saban especially, in raising awareness about COVID-19, taking all the necessary precautions. You see Nick Saban wearing a mask, and he has spoken out. He was one of the earlier adopters of uh, speaking out in terms of making sure that everybody was doing everything they needed to do to avoid catching the disease and spreading the disease and hopefully being able to go through a football season without having any major issues. Well, lo and behold, the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide is out of action this weekend because he tested positive. So I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, obviously, yes, there is so much of this disease and this pandemic that is inevitable. Somebody's going to catch it. I get it. But that doesn't mean that we should stop taking all the necessary precautions. And I hope, I hope that what's happening around the country in all these other conferences, Big 12, now the SEC, I hope that the, everyone around the Big 10 is taking notice of what has happened and is learning from it as best as they possibly can. I can't sit here and say with a straight face that the Big 10 is not going to have a single issue this year. I know that that's not the case. I, I am accepting of the fact that there is going to be an issue somewhere along the way. I don't know what it'll be. I don't know how severe it'll be. But I do think uh, from everything we have seen from a number of these Big Ten institutions, uh, the coaches, the programs, they're all taking the necessary precautions. And the Big Ten delayed the start of their season in order to make sure that they had all the available testing ready to go. They've been doing it, I guess, since the end of September throughout the Big Ten. So hopefully things are going to go as smoothly as they possibly can. What is smooth in 2020? Well, honestly, I don't really know. Uh, but I can say this, we all hope that for the best for Nick Saban, 
Greg Byrne. Hopefully uh, they recover from whatever they're going through right now. Uh, I should note that Nick Saban didn't say he or said that he wasn't experiencing any symptoms, at least at that time. And hopefully that'll be the case. Hopefully these guys go through the process of the isolation uh, stage and they come out of this with a clean bill of health. And hopefully everybody that's been in close contact with them uh, follows a similar path to recovery or just not catching anything along the way. It's a serious thing, guys, so make sure you're taking the necessary precautions. That's all I'm going to say, and now we're going to move on to our next segment right here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast as we get ready to get a little closer to the start of the 2020 Penn State season. Now seems to be a great time of the year to go hit the road, check out all the fall foliage that's around Pennsylvania right now. I'm here and we're in the peak season right now, and it certainly shows. But you got to make sure your car or your truck is ready for driving because it may have been in isolation for a while, maybe like you. And the best way to make sure you have everything you need is with rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years, so they know what it takes to deliver a satisfiable customer experience through the online world. And the best way to make sure that you have everything you need is to go to the website, rockauto.com. You enter the make and model of your car or your truck, and it brings you up the entire catalog of everything that they have available to you. So make sure to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. There have been so many times when I have decided to rip the NCAA over its decision-making process for one reason or another, but I do feel like this year in particular, I'm actually agreeing with some of their decisions a lot more, and I just feel like common sense at some point has to prevail. Giving players and student-athletes an extra year of eligibility, given everything that's been going on with this pandemic, I think is a no-brainer. So obviously, I was very happy to see the NCAA extend the eligibility and not allow this particular season, if anybody's opting out or whatever, to not count against their eligibility. I just think it's the right decision. I think it's a good move on the NCAA's behalf to allow for all the craziness that's going on with schedules and sports shutting down, canceling, postponing, all that stuff that's been happening. It's been a tough year, right? It's been a tough year, and the NCAA is at least being uh, forthright in acknowledging that this shouldn't count against any player, any student athlete in any sport as much as possible. Obviously, I, I do feel like you know, we've had this discussion before. I don't feel like a fall athlete should get an extra year of eligibility, but I'm all for a spring semester athlete, winter athletes getting extra eligibility. So I was happy to see some of those developments along the way. But I said in the beginning of the intro or the beginning, the intro to this episode Penn State is now officially bowl eligible, <laughs> and that is the latest decision from the NCAA, and it's one that I fully expected was eventually going to be uh, the realistic scenario when the NCAA Division One Council decided to you know, make a ruling on this just to confirm all the suspicions about what's happening with the bowl season this year. Well... The, the good news, first of all, is that there will be a bowl season scheduled. We have seen some cancellations of individual bowl games, and that was sort of to be expected. There's no Hawaii Bowl this year. There's no Bahamas Bowl this year. These are bowl games that are owned by ESPN, and I just feel as though those were two bowl games that were most likely to be canceled entirely, at least for this season. Hopefully they come back. Hopefully they come back. But I do think that we are going to see fewer bowl games. But we have plenty of bowl eligible teams because now everybody in the country is officially bowl eligible. The NCAA on Wednesday announced that there will be no bowl requirement as opposed to 
regular seasons when we have a minimum of six wins in order to qualify for postseason play. Uh, this is obviously not a normal regular season. Uh, not, not a lot of teams are even playing 12 games. I don't know if anybody is actually now that I think about it because I think Big 12 is only at 11 games. So yeah, nobody's playing 12 games um, aside from conference championship games, postseason, playoffs, whatever. We'll cross those bridges when we get there. I still don't know what the bowl season and the postseason is going to look like. But for right now, the NCAA has uh, eliminated the bowl requirement or the win requirement in order to be postseason eligible for this season. I think it's uh, the most logical solution to a very illogical season. So I don't see any problem with that. And obviously the, the question is because you have the Big Ten's playing eight games nine games technically the pac 12 is playing what seven games the mac is coming back uh the sec is playing their 10 game schedule the big 12's got the 10 plus one uh the acc is the same situation not everybody is playing by the same rules not to say that they usually play by the same rules anyway but that's even more so the case this year so i'm happy to see it i think uh give everybody a chance to be bowl eligible i'll be very curious to see how that all plays out when it comes time to filling bowl games but that does mean that if the Big Ten has all their bowl spots lined up, uh, they can send every team there. There's going to be no shortage of spots to fill. So that that's good news, I guess, for um, teams that may not have had an easy path to the postseason. Schools like Nebraska. I mean, we've talked about Nebraska's schedule before, but that certainly helps them out a little bit. And you know that Nebraska going to a bowl game, that would be pretty fun, right? So I, I think there was the... The most logical decision, and I don't think there was any real reason to suspect that it wasn't going to happen. So I'm all for it. I, um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. I do think uh, hopefully in 2021 we have a full regular season uh, according to regular standards. I, I don't know if that's a given. I don't know if that's just going to be the case, but we'll just approach that one day at a time. We'll worry about that next year. For right now in 2020, every team is now officially bowl eligible. I'm all for it. More bowl games, the better for me as a fan, as a viewer. Uh, obviously, there are going to be some logistical concerns, I think, when we get into that territory. But uh, I'm all for the decision from the NCAA to announce that. Now, there was a couple other NCAA news. Uh, certainly, if you follow Ben Jones on Twitter, great Penn State follow. You can follow him on Twitter at Ben underscore Jones 88. Of course, he covers Penn State athletics for statecollege.com. Does a terrific job. He's been doing it for a long time, too. One of the reasons I really like Ben's coverage of Penn State is because not only does he cover Penn State football and Penn State basketball, but to me, he's one of the first people I go to for any insight on Penn State hockey news. Uh, obviously, I think he does a terrific job covering Penn State hockey. Uh, he's one of the go-to guys, I think, on that front. Uh, if there's somebody more uh, in tune with Penn State hockey, feel free to let me know who you're following for your Penn State uh, pucks coverage. I would love to get more enlightened on the world of Penn State hockey moving forward. I don't know how much we'll necessarily talk about it and break it down on this podcast, but I do will uh, throw that into the mix every now and then. Uh, so certainly feel free to hit me up with your suggestions on who I should be following for Penn State hockey news. But I did see this from Ben, and you probably already know some of it, but Penn State men's hockey program has been selected as a tournament host for the NCAA tournament regionals, which are going to be held in downtown once again during the 2022-2023, and again in 2025. Uh, of course, uh, Allentown has developed into a nice little hub for small town hockey, small school, ho not small school hockey, but uh, small time hockey, I should say. Not the NHL, but a great minor league system with the Phantoms up there. And of course, it's been a, a nice little host venue for NCAA tournament action. Penn State has uh, been, had a chance to play there a few times as well. So uh, that that's a 
that's a great move because it just shows that there's a lot of respect in uh, with what's building with this Penn State hockey program. And there's certainly lots of room to grow in the region, I think, as far as college hockey is concerned. And having Penn State be one of those programs on the rise certainly helps uh, add to the profile. So that's good to see. Penn State being a regular tournament host is always a good thing to see come out of it. But there was even more hockey news as far as Penn State's concerned. This is a pretty big deal as well. The women's hockey team is going to be the host for the Frozen Four in 2026. I know it's a little ways away, but the fact that Penn State is going to get a chance to host the Frozen Four for the NCAA Women's Hockey Tournament in the Pagula Center, that's awesome. That is a fantastic development, and you'll love to see that because, once again, it just shows you the kind of respect that Penn State is building on the ice in men's hockey, in women's hockey. Uh, these are big deals. And uh, you know, not a lot of schools get a chance to do something like this. And the fact that Penn State's going to get a chance to do it in their home, uh, home arena, uh, that's really cool. Now, again, I don't really follow the hockey all that closely. I don't know how good the women's program is, but the fact that they're going to be the host for the women's Frozen Four in 2026, that is not a small deal. So kudos to everybody involved with the Penn State hockey programs uh, from start to you know whatever they're doing now and moving forward. It's going to be really exciting watching Penn State hockey continue to grow. And as I've said before, I think there's room to grow for the entire Big Ten as a hockey conference. I have a lot of faith that uh, the money that can be used throughout the conference is really going to help the Big Ten become one of those big-time hockey conferences. They're already sort of there. But I think this is going to be something that's going to be uh, really something fun to watch. I think as far as Penn State hockey is concerned, Big Ten as a whole, as a hockey conference moving forward. Again, the Big Ten is still a relatively young hockey conference because all these Big Ten schools played in different conferences for so long. But now they've got an actual Big Ten for a few years now, and it's only going to continue to improve. And the fact that Penn State is getting a chance to be a host venue or a host school for these various tournaments that is big news and a very encouraging sign moving forward. Are you still out there trying different protein bars, trying to find something that tastes just right and gets the job done? Well, look no more because you got to check out the Built Bar. The new and improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser than it's ever been before. Not only do they have their 12 original flavors, including my personal favorite, the orange flavor, but they've got six brand new flavors to show off, including caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake and apple almond crisp just to name a few and these are protein bars that taste just like a chocolate bar you're going to feel good about what you're eating and it's really going to help you fill that appetite until you get to that next meal or your next snack whenever that may be for me i work long days during the day i'm working hard swinging a hammer basically all day and I, sometimes i need a little pick me up i need a little bit of energy and the built bar is there for me i put in my lunchbox on the way into work Break that thing open at break time, and I'm good really the rest of the day, certainly until lunch. Now, like I said, the protein bars that taste just like a chocolate bar, how could it be possibly true? Well, if you want to check it out for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll save 20% off your next order. And on top of that, while supplies last, they'll even throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So you get a free cooler, you save 20% off, and you're going to have the most delicious protein bar you've ever had. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, save 20% off your next order. Well, once again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll close out today's episode with another question that I have about Penn State in 2020. This one's a little bit more generic, 
a little bit more obvious. But if you want to go back and listen to some of the other questions we've had throughout the week, don't forget to do that. You can always go into the show archive on your podcast app of choice or check out our megaphone link. We have all the podcasts there archived for you. So you can go back to any day and listen to see what we've had to say. But I will let you know, previous questions we've addressed this week have included, can Penn State avoid a bad loss on the road? Can the wide receivers step up? How much confidence should you have in this linebacker position? And today we take a look at where exactly Penn State is compared to the team that everybody in the Big Ten is trying to chase, and that is Ohio State. As you know, Penn State has played Ohio State very consistently over the last how many years? Four years? Five years? Really since James Franklin has gotten a full grip of the program, Penn State has played Ohio State far more competitively on a regular basis than any team in the Big Ten. Just look at the scores. All right, even Michigan cannot keep up with the Wolverine of with the Buckeyes, and they're supposedly the best team that Ohio State has to get by on a usual basis. Well, that hasn't been the case lately. It has been Penn State. Penn State has been the biggest challenge on Ohio State's schedule, at least in Big Ten play. Yes, Wisconsin is there. I get it. I respect Wisconsin, and Wisconsin has given Ohio State some trouble. However, Penn State has done it on a more regular basis. Now, if you look at the box scores. It does look a little one-sided when you look at the yardage breakdown for Ohio State's offense and how many yards Penn State's offense has been generating. And, of course, if you look at the scores and the way that the scores have unfolded, Ohio State typically has had a decided upper hand on the Nittany Lions. But Penn State battles back. Penn State hangs in there. Penn State leads and then lets one slip away once or twice. That has been the case for Penn State. The biggest question that I have as far as Penn State's talent is concerned, there's a lot of speculation that, this is the best roster overall that James Franklin has had at Penn State. I'm not disagreeing with that. I think overall, I think this is the most well-rounded, talented group that James Franklin has had to work with going into this season. And I think a lot of that is because of the recruiting that they've done over the years. They don't necessarily have the big star flashy players like Saquon Barkley or you know KJ Hamler, but they do have a really good group and a really good nucleus to build on. They've got a good running game. They've got a good quarterback. They've got some new coaches that are coming in and try to juice things up a little bit more. They've got a defense that they can rely on. Is it good enough to go toe-to-toe with Ohio State and get a win? That is the big question because if Penn State is going to win the Big Ten this year, they're going to have to beat Ohio State. They cannot get into the Big Ten championship game unless they beat Ohio State. Yes, they have to take care of some other business as well. They have to beat Michigan. They have to beat Nebraska. They have to beat Iowa. They have to beat Indiana. They have to beat Rutgers and Maryland and Michigan State. They have to win these games. But if you beat Ohio State, you got a little wiggle room, right? You can lose one of those games that on the road that we have talked about earlier in this podcast uh, or earlier this week. You can't get there unless you beat Ohio State. Now, Ohio State is really good. We got to give them respect. This is the team to beat in the Big Ten for a reason. Because as good as Penn State's recruiting has been under James Franklin on a regular basis, Ohio State has been that much better. And just look at the matches that Penn State and Ohio State have had. At times when you needed a wide receiver to make a big play, Ohio State has had those wide receivers. Penn State has not. Penn State has really good, talented players. But in the clutch, who's making the big plays that have decided the games? It's probably been the Ohio State wide receivers. Yes, say what you will about the quarterback. Quarterbacks have been pretty good too. But the wide receivers are the ones that are stepping up. And maybe that's a a blemish on the Penn State defensive secondary, the defensive lapses, whatever the case may be. Ohio State's receivers are making those plays, making those catches, getting the yards after catch. Penn State's receivers have not. And that goes back to one of the questions we had earlier this week. 
who in this Penn State wide receiver position is going to step up and be that guy? If they can find that guy, that's great. They get that much of a better chance to compete with Ohio State, maybe even get a win that can send them into the Big Ten Championship. But the bottom line is, we just don't know if that's going to be the case, okay? Ohio State has recruited at such a high level for so long. Urban Meyer did a terrific job ramping up what was already a solid program as far as recruiting is concerned, as far as that program is concerned. Ohio State was already in really good hands. Urban Meyer ramped it up. Urban Meyer brought SEC mentality to that program. And yeah, I know you're probably rolling your eyes when I say that, but it is true. You know, they certainly notched things up a little bit and you know improved what they're doing, recruiting, player development, coaching development, and it, the results have shown. Ohio State has won a ton of games since Urban Meyer retired. Of course, that has been carried over by his former assistant, Ryan Day. Oh, I'm sorry, former coordinator, Ryan Day. And Ryan Day has done a pretty good job in the early goings of his head coaching career with the Buckeyes. Now, again, I, I don't know if Ryan Day has what it takes to sustain this level of play for a, a really long time. This is still kind of early on in his head coaching career, but I see no signs to indicate that he's going to knock Ohio State down a few pegs. I, I think Ohio State is going to be a machine for quite some time. And that means they're going to recruit some of the best players out there. Some of the best players that Penn State would love to get their hands on. Again, Penn State's a really good team, but if they're going to be great, they have to find the roster spots that need to improve the most. And wide receiver has been one of them. But the question is, does this Penn State team, does this Penn State roster have what it takes to take down Ohio State? I am on the record saying that Ohio State's going to beat Penn State this year. I'm not changing that just yet, and I don't think I'm going to in the next couple of weeks. But that doesn't mean that I don't think that Penn State is going to be competitive. I absolutely do. I think that's going to be a really good contested game. I would not be surprised if Penn State wins that game. But I'm just not counting on it at this point in time because I do have those questions about the roster compared to Ohio State's roster. I think Ohio State has the guys that are going to make the plays. I don't know if necessarily Penn State does, certainly on offense. I'm a little bit more uh, comfortable in the Penn State defense, which is kind of strange because I just got done saying that Ohio State's offensive players are going to make those plays. They probably will. That's the thing. Penn State can contain them long enough, but eventually Ohio State's going to find a crack. And that's going to be exposed. And that's really where the difference is in how they've recruited for the last how many years now. That's really going to be where Ohio State will shine a little bit brighter than Penn State. But that's just my opinion. Let me know what you guys think at any time. Reach out to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. That's four questions down, one more to go. We'll get to that in the Friday episode. Also, it will be our Football Friday podcast as usual. We will take a look around the rest of the country, take a look at the games that are happening. I'll give you some of my picks for the games I like, some commentary on each of them, and take a look at how those games could impact the national title picture moving forward as Penn State and the rest of the Big Ten is one week away from getting started. It's going to be a fun time. And, of course, next week we'll go into our regular game prep routine. If you listened to the podcast last year, you kind of know what we're going to do. But it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some fresh content for you, of course, every day, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're hitting that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you're using to listen to us right now. And then leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Don't forget to check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash McGuire. And like I said, tomorrow is Football Friday, guys. We're almost through this week. Let's get through today, and then we'll come back and do it all again for you one more time tomorrow. 
Have a great day, guys. Go 1-0. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.